0: to another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast as always Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell's here to dissect and discuss the Badgers uh, blowout loss to Ohio State Uh, just a little schedule rundown for you guys today we're going to get into the football stuff obviously recap the Ohio State game uh, dive into some national you know college football landscape type stuff and then on Thursday since it is a bye week we're going to dive into college basketball because the corner is uh, the season I should say is right around the corner and uh, obviously the Badgers are, are tipping off against St. Mary's next week. So you've got a lot of that to look forward to. You're going to have the home stretch of college football and the beginning of college basketball. So it's really a great time of year if you're a sports fan to sit inside and uh, avoid responsibilities and avoid the cold if you're in Wisconsin or the Midwest. So, Matt, how are we doing today?
1: Doing great. Uh, ready to discuss a little Badger football.
0: And obviously, we'll, we'll get fully into that. Um, it, it's uh, It was a tough week for the Badgers and, of course, a tough week the last couple of weeks. But, you know, there's there's things that you can look at from that game and, and you look at it positively and, and of course, more so uh, look at it negatively. But, Matt, what were your just initial thoughts on on the game on Saturday?
1: You know, I thought I thought the Badgers actually defensively came out and played fairly well in the first half. Uh, the the defense kind of kept them in the game, made some nice plays. They were able to get after uh, Justin Fields, make some plays in the backfield. But the offense just kind of sputtered throughout the game. Other than that short field, thanks to the Alexander Smith block punt, it just they weren't able to get anything going offensively, and it just was – frustrating to watch uh you know even when they were able to kind of string together a couple first downs there was the fumbles and then uh they just kind of shot themselves in the foot so it was one of those games that you just kind of uh rinse it away and try not to look back at it
0: yeah I mean I don't think you can focus on it too much and it's one of those games that just uh, nothing really went right after especially that in that second half and you, you can pick and choose and, and try and analyze certain things. But at the end of the day, it was it was a 31 point beating and, and there's not a lot you can take from it. You've got to take your L and, and move on. And unfortunately, it's also compounded by having that being your second loss and kind of putting you on the outside of both. Obviously, the college football playoff being out the window, but at the same time, the Big Ten West title. Now you're in the backseat and you're sharing that backseat with with like a team that you're playing next in Iowa, tracing down. Uh, Minnesota, but a, as for that Ohio State game, what did you really think of of the game plan against the Buckeyes? Because there was a lot of people that obviously were critiquing the play calling, and and I, I have no gripes about people, you know, going after that. But what were your original, you know, thoughts on on how the Badgers tried to execute against the Buckeyes?
1: You know, I thought defensively. I thought the the game plan was fairly sound. You know, they missed a couple reads in terms of uh, giving up big plays against J.K. Dobbins. You know, which is hard against the re, the read option uh, is no uh, easy thing to take care of. Otherwise, a lot of teams wouldn't be doing it. Um, but in terms of the offense, I thought uh, the Badgers just couldn't get anything going on, on the ground, and it, it felt like the Badgers weren't able to make the necessary changes to say, okay, this isn't working. Let's try this. You know. The 28 of the rushing yards, I think it was like 83 yards total that Wisconsin had was from that Aaron Crickshank, uh, you know, direct snap. And he kind of just wildcatted and ran, ran around with it. But, um, you know, it just couldn't get the ball going on the ground. And I didn't like that they weren't willing to even take chances down the field trying to stretch it. You know, I thought they should have tried a couple times, you know. When the Badgers were able to move the ball in that Big Ten championship two years ago, you saw Alex Hornibrook throwing it deep and letting Danny Davis go up and make plays. I didn't see as much of that in this game, uh, something that I wish they would have done it. But I also thought some, some quick hitters to the outside to try to get uh, the ball into your wide receiver's hands and stretch the field just a bit, allow those guys in, to get into space and make OSU tackle would have been huge. And I think that was my big gripe uh, in terms of the offense, at least.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think I, I didn't necessarily hate the game plan in, in the first half the way it was going. I thought if you could take, uh, you could take this game into half, you know, being within a score, you'd be in good shape. And it kind of set up that way. Obviously, going into half down ten was, was a little bit harder than what we wanted. And then of course the score with Wisconsin, you, you kind of felt like that was gonna keep them in the ball game and shorten the game and make it a, a you know, one score need to get the ball back type game and, and try and make something happen. But the second half, the wheels just really fell off and, and, you know, they limited the time in the first half, but but Ohio state just came out guns and blazing and made adjustments in the second half to, to really blow the doors off of it. Um, I think I, I would agree with you on the, you know, the, the taking some chances aspect of it. I said in the the table on Sunday, you know, when you look at the receiving core that Wisconsin has, they they're they're probably one of the deepest cores that they've had at that position, and and those four, you know, outside of Cephas making some catches and you know, a few Danny Davis throughout the season, those four have been, um, you know, relatively, you know, and in, in not involved in the game plan. I think that's going to have to change, and we saw it a little bit in the second half when they started throwing the ball because they had to, uh, with Jack Cohn. But it'd be nice for them to see. Uh, you know, see some more touches early on and, and, and take some of that weight off Jonathan Taylor uh, just simply because I, I think it's really been a struggle uh, for him to get going when, when the whole defense is keying on him that way. And kind of going off of that, what, what aspect would you really like to see differently? Maybe not so much from a scheme perspective, but you know, or or a player perspective, what would you like to see a little bit differently on the offense? Say if, if Wisconsin got another chance at Ohio State, you know, later in the season, how would you how would you go about attacking that that Buckeye defense?
1: I think the the big thing is trying to get your get your wide receivers touches, try to get them quick hitters. You know, obviously the offensive line was struggling mightily against Chase Young and some of the the front seven that Ohio State possesses. So get the ball out to a guy like um Kendrick Pryor who only had one catch or a guy quick like Danny Davis, who only had one catch and allow them to try to make a guy miss and pick up, you know, 12, 13 yards instead of, you know, just trying to go back on a four, five step drop and throw it uh, 20 yard out that just wasn't working for them. Um, So I would have liked to see them kind of hit some quick hitters, but also try to take a few shots down the field uh, instead of hitting straight intermediate most of the game and trying to just kind of um, chunk your way up to the field. Um, And then obviously the running game, it's just, they've got issues there and they've got to clean that up. And that would be a big thing that I would hope to see differently as well.
0: Yeah. The offensive line really has struggled the last two weeks in, in the losses, both in the pass protection and in the run game opening holes. And that's not something that we necessarily expected, you know, from, at least from, from our group at Bucky Swift quarter, we didn't expect a whole lot of that. I know some people were questioning the offensive line coming in, but usually you don't worry about the Badgers offensive line as much as, uh, you worry about other positions and so I, I would agree taking some shots on the field w- would be good and we've seen we we've seen them call those plays we've seen the deep ball thrown by jack and we've seen that he can uh take those shots and you know when you looked at ohio state's defense they did not respect the badgers passing game at all they were standing with their corners at the line of scrimmage knowing that they probably weren't going to get beat deep because wisconsin wasn't going to take those chances and uh and obviously that hurt them and it allowed Chase Young and that front seven to just pin their ears back and, and go after, you know, the, go after Jack, drop him back and throw him, and then just keying on Taylor in the run game. So I think it was a really uh, big struggle for, uh, for, at least from a game plan perspective. I and mean, I don't know so much if it was execution as much as it was, was lack of game plan and lack of, you know, you know taking those shots and, and giving yourself a chance because realistically you probably weren't going to beat that Ohio state team anyway, but you're definitely not going to beat them if they don't really you know, have to respect one aspect of an offense. It's it's going to be a struggle unless JT has one of those dominating performances. But when you've got eight guys in the box keying in on him, he's not going to dominate. I don't care who the running back is. They're not going to you know, have one of those big games. So you got to keep them honest that way. And of course you know, we saw in this game uh, after the struggles and you know, not so much, I don't think Jack really played that bad, but, of course, we saw you know, the people, you know, Wisconsin Twitter and everyone calling for Graham Mertz. And, and I think that was the most that we've seen this game. But do you think that had any real basis of helping? I mean, we haven't seen a lot of, of merch so far this season. Do you think that would have really made any difference?
1: I don't. I just don't. I don't think that that I don't think that was the singular reason that the Badgers struggled offensively. I think there was um, some different game plan things tweaks that they could have done to try to make things different. Um, I also didn't love the uh, inability to protect the quarterback. I thought at times there was multiple plays where you kind of left your head scratching as they tried to do mano a mano against Chase Young, which just isn't going to work. You know maybe. Pop a back over to kind of chip him, and then get out into the flat. Or, you know, I saw the play where Ferguson was trying to block him. I I don't think uh, Graham Mertz or anybody else, uh, cor- any quarterback on Wisconsin's roster is going to make much of a difference if you have are taking a three step drop and the guy is already on you. So I think part of that was just Wisconsin didn't um, tilt their line in a way that was nice and helpful for the quarterback, but it also Graham Mertz is a freshman. He would have been thrown into uh, the horseshoe, which is one of the you know tougher environments. A hundred thousand people breathing down on you. I, I just don't think that that was necessarily the uh, quick fix that was that many fans were hoping for.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in the heat of the moment, I you know I said it in our Slack channel. I was like, do we even consider making that change? And then if, you know after you thought about it, after I thought about it, after I was like, you know what? I don't think anybody is is going to be able to fix. Um, you know, one player, one performance, you know, I don't think they were a player away from winning that game and stopping that defense. Um, you know, I, I don't think Cohen necessarily played that poorly and like you said, I don't think it was the spot uh, to go to somebody else if you decided to. I mean, you, you've got a, a true freshman quarterback on the road against <laughs> against you know Chase Young, Barandano. I think that would probably do more than you know, more harm than good anyway for his <laughs> yeah. future. I mean, his future last, and his
1: health. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The last thing you want is is you're a guy that you maybe see as <laughs> the future of your program at quarterback. You know, getting getting hit by Chase Young on a blindside block because he left you left him out there one V one with Jake Ferguson, which yeah, that, that, that play set me off in a tirade that <laughs> well, that would maybe matter than I've been most of the season when I saw Ferguson trying to block, you know, him one-on-one in a crucial play like that. Um, so, so I think I, not saying that the, I, I don't think the Badgers should make a change or, or that they will or anything like that. I think if you're going to make a change, you, you'd probably wait till this week because you're back at home with a bye against Iowa, but I don't really see that happening. I mean, I, I don't have any inclination to believe that that would that would be the case do you?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I I could totally see him getting maybe some more reps in practice because of the bye week where they oftentimes will do that, uh, take advantage of some extra time, get some younger guys, some reps while also giving some of the more established players some time to uh, recoup and kind of, you know, especially after a couple road games that they fell, it's it's something that they need. But I I just think the big thing right now is trying to get the offense back into sync and in throwing the ball as well as blocking because Jonathan Taylor's too talented of a, of a back to only get 50 yards, uh, net rushing yards, which is just not good enough, especially against uh, a big team where you need him to show up in big way.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it came down to one per one performance from the quarterback. I don't think that would have made that big of a difference. You know, when you were saying in the Slack channel, Jalen hurts, maybe could come in and if he played for Wisconsin, make a difference in that game. But other than that, I don't think you'd win that football game with any quarterback, maybe a Joe, Joe Burrow, but realistically you could plug in any quarterback that you wanted and it would be a tough day for them. You know, given how good that Buckeyes off or defense looked and how poorly the, the Badgers offensive line and run game looked. So, Um, I know people are clamoring for it, but I would say, you know, give Jack a chance. He's been I think he's played pretty well this season. I don't think it's been his him as much as it has been the game plan. So overall, obviously, obviously, the offense was a struggle and there's probably not a lot of positive takeaway you can find on on that side of the ball. But what was there any bright spots from this game or anything that you came out of out of this game feeling good about?
1: Yeah, I thought the special teams actually played fairly well. Uh, there was some—I thought Anthony Lottie struck the ball well in punting. You know, I, I thought that was something that we haven't necessarily seen all year. He wasn't necessarily able to like completely flip the field or do anything like that, but he had that one where he downed it inside the in, inside the ten, fifteen yard line. He he did a good job with that. Zach Hintz obviously can just pound the hell out of the ball into the end zone every time, and and they just didn't make any bit major mistakes. You know, we didn't get an opportunity to see the field goal kicking unit. But at the same time, I thought the the special teams looked good. You know, obviously, the blocked punt was a huge spark, kind of got, got people back into thinking that the Badgers had a shot there only down 10-7 uh, prior to Ohio State just kind of marching four straight drives for touchdowns. So I, I thought the special teams looked good. Um, it brought me back to thinking, though, you had talked about Jack Cohn and his numbers this year. If you had just gone into the year and you saw his stat line of seventy four percent passing, ten touchdowns, two interceptions, and just under fifteen hundred yards through eight games, are you happy with that? like just oh. going into the season?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, if you looked at his blank numbers i I think absolutely you'd be happy with it given what given what the Badger fans have had you know the last few seasons and I know it's frustrating because we've never had really a quarterback that that is dynamic since, since the one season of Russell Wilson, we got, you know, obviously a teased with it where you saw what maybe a Paul Chris offense could be with a guy like that. But so, so I get the frustrations, but yeah, I think coming into the season, I would take that any day of the week. You, would you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where going into the year, there was a lot of questions about who is going to be the guy and how good that player would be out on the field. And I can I can safely say at this point it's been a lot better than what we have seen last season or even potentially two seasons ago uh, at the at the position. So I think while Jack Cohn has his deficiencies, he, he's still a leader that the, the players turn to. And he has done enough uh, at this point to kind of prove that, hey, he can be that guy. You know, I also think that Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf have tremendous amount of talents. But I think as of right now, I think Jack Cohn is still still the guy that you run with.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And, and the other thing is he's obviously, you know, we were we were two weeks out of, of talking about how well he played against a defense like Michigan State, where he put, picked them apart. And we were, you know, not that far away from him playing pretty well against Michigan, too. So I know it's a week-to-week thing. And obviously the Illinois game uh, you showed some things as well. And that gets compounded even further with the Ohio State, you know, struggle that it was. But at the same time, I, I think, you, like you said, you've got to take his numbers that, that he's put up so far. Uh, you just, But you also have to have a run game that complements it. And if anything, his numbers say maybe you should give him a few more shots to throw the football and, and get the ball to those playmakers that they've got and, and see what happens. Because at this point, what can it really hurt? You're two games out of the Big Ten West title right now, and, yeah, you can run the table maybe and, and get to Indianapolis. But at the same time, who knows if you're going to? So you might as well take some shots and, and see if you can open this offense up a bit. Uh, but getting back on track, you know, we were talking about the positives. Uh, of that and obviously like you said the special teams was was probably the (laughs) really only the positive i thought the defense in the first half looked good i think i think they showed a certain game plan to beat justin Fields is to get pressure on him but going off of that if you're going to bring guys to put pressure on him you're going to give up some pretty big holes to a guy like jk dobbins and they certainly did that and he was able to run and make plays both in the you know in the running game and then of course coming out of the backfield and catching some passes he he was really good because you know the pressure was in his face you can just dump it off and 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 go from there so it's interesting to see i think if you if you gave jim Leonard a rematch with ohio state to see how he would uh, he would compound it and, and try and you know make some tinkerings to to maybe improve that in the second half because we saw a good recipe for it in the first half and i think we'll see more of you know the the dominating defense that we've saw the first few weeks Uh, as we, as we go down the stretch here.
1: One thing I I thought actually stood out was just the ability for the the defense to get pressure on Justin Fields. That's that's something that we've seen throughout the year, but this is a different competition level than a lot of the teams that Wisconsin's faced this year, and they were still able to get to the quarterback, were able to get five sacks, six tackles for loss. So it wasn't necessarily completely um, a terrible defensive effort. It was one of those things where because the offense couldn't do anything, the defense was out on that field so often and were put into tough situations that it made it so there's only so much, so many opportunities you can give J.K. Dobbins, Justin Fields. uh, So, and so many of those Buckeye weapons on the, on the field at a time
0: yeah I mean they were the defense was gassed you know the end of that third quarter when when the Buckeyes really started just clicking on all cylinders obviously their their offense is really good and they made some adjustments to figure it out but the defense had been on the field so much that they were really probably just worn down and and weren't able to hang with that and you you know you can't expect that from a defense to just hang like that and be on the field the whole game and, and continue to put up that production I I guess my my next question, you know, that we had obviously Ohio State is is dominating. They're they're the most Ohio you know complete Ohio State team I think I've ever seen. So do you think this was more of just a bad showing for UW, or is this just maybe more so rather than us you know you know pick apart what Wisconsin did? Is this just more so a dominating win by a really really good football team like Ohio State?
1: I I talked about this a little bit in my uh, three things we learned, but I think this is more indicative of who Ohio state is. I think they have just an an insane talent level right now. They have the highest amount of four and five stars in the nation. I think it's 81% of their team at this point is four or five star recruits. You know, whereas Wisconsin there, there was like a graphic showing out earlier that Wisconsin has uh, you know, of composite guys. It's like nine, four or five stars on their roster. Um, Based off of like both services put together, major services put together, but I think I think Ohio State is just clicking at a different level than Wisconsin is right now. And I technically I think Ohio State might be the best team in the entire country. And I think I would love to see them face off with LSU and, and um, Alabama at some point.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it, I think it was a, just a dominating effort by. By, by them, like I said, I think they're the most complete Ohio State team I've seen. You know, in, in my time, obviously, I know that 2006 team was really good, and obviously they they made that run in the college football playoff, but they weren't as as talented across the board those years as they are this year. And obviously, we we've always seen Ohio State the last few years go on the road and and get beat and wonder what happened to that team. But I don't I don't see that happening with this year's Ohio State team. I just they're they're so good and and so sound on every side of the football and they do you know everything really well i think with the urban Meyer ohio states we've seen them rely on on running the football and running the quarterback more so and and this ohio state ryan day has just decided you know what we're just going to go with what works and and click on every you know all cylinders on the offense and then the defense is just going to go out there and make plays and, and use their speed so i i know people are are upset that obviously the Badgers lost but I think it's going to take a lot for for any team you know in the Big Ten or, or you know if the if this Ohio State gets to the to the playoff I think it's going to take a lot for any team to hang with them and I think you'll you'll be you'll thoroughly impressed with with the Buckeyes going up against a team like I don't know LSU or an Alabama or even a Clemson and I think those would be a great matchup that that Ohio State would certainly hang with uh, in that in that game, but kind of going off of that, which which Ohio State player, because it was a dominating effort, which Ohio State player kind of exposed more holes in the Badgers? Because we we saw a lot of guys do a lot of different things, but w- which player do you think showed us more of of some issues with with Wisconsin?
1: I mean, I think I think the easy answer is probably Chase Young. He was able to just create a tremendous amount of havoc. He had four sacks, five tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. I mean, it was just a dominant effort on his end, but I would have to just say in general, the um, front front lines of both the offensive line and defensive line of Ohio state just kind of outpowered Wisconsin, something that we regularly don't see uh, from a Wisconsin team, but it felt like, The running game couldn't get anything going for Wisconsin, a lot of that due to the front seven of Ohio State. And then uh, Ohio State was able to kind of impose their will on the ground, something the Badgers really haven't showed other than, I guess, glimpses potentially in that Illinois game where Reggie Corbin was able to break off a few runs, that they weren't able to kind of slow down that run game, especially in the second half when they were tired, like you were saying.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just one of those games that yeah obviously there was a lot of glaring holes. I would agree with you. I think Chase Young probably um, explore, exposed more from I think he exposed more from like a game plan set that we clearly were not prepared. To, I mean I I think the defense on and, and you know and and, Chris and and Joe Rudolph obviously knew who Chase Young was and they knew how talented he was. But I don't think we went into that game, you know, well, you know, well prepared enough to take on a guy of his talent. And you know, I, obviously, we we saw him so many times where he was, uh, you know, getting one guy, getting just the tackle, or or getting, you know, just Jake Ferguson in the tight end, where we've got to be better prepared to to take on a guy like that. So I think he exposed some holes, and obviously J.K. Dobbins did as well. But at the same time, we saw that the last week with Reggie Corbin opening up some holes, so it's not super surprising. Uh, but obviously the Badgers, if you're going to beat them you know, the way that Ohio State did, it's going to come from, from, from that pressure on the defensive line, like you said. And, and obviously that starts with a guy like Chase Young. If you've got a dominating pass rusher like him, like Iowa has in, in A.J. Epinesa you know, in a few weeks, uh, it's going to take some, some better effort on the, in the game plan side and from the offensive line side uh, to, to win a football game and keep that offense on the field and, and click in the way they, they were those first few weeks. Say the Badgers run the table and get to Indianapolis and you know, I think it's certainly possible. I think there's a lot of people that have jumped ship, but I think it's it's certainly within the realm. What what overall would you do differently to beat them the second time around? Or is it is it just wishful thinking uh, if you were to meet up with that team in Indianapolis?
1: I think I think you gotta be willing to take chances. You gotta understand that it's it's likely a game that's going to be really hard. You know, obviously this game, uh, shows that pretty, uh, that picture pretty clearly, but I think Wisconsin would need to be able to run the ball a little bit better. I'm, I'm not predicting that Wisconsin would be able to run all over Ohio state in the second matchup, but try to find a couple plays that would be able to, um, work through some things that you saw and filmed that like, maybe this guy was over pursuing, or maybe you instead run right at chase, chase young, for example. Um, but then try to quit, hit some quick hitters with your, in your passing game as well, understanding that uh, uh, time in the pocket isn't going to be uh, a, a big thing there for you. And then on, def- on the defensive side of the ball, try to, try to continue doing what you did in the first half. Yeah, they did a great job. They gave the offense every chance in the world to make plays. But Wisconsin would just need to jump out to a, an early lead uh, and then just kind of just hold on to the rails as long as you can from there.
0: Yeah, you got to sustain drives better to get your defense, you know, a little a little breather. I mean, you can't just have them out on the field for that many plays and expect them to keep doing what they're doing. They they gave it a really good effort and and played pretty well, but I think it comes back to the offense and and making more plays and, you know, of course, hitting more plays and scoring more points is obviously going to be a thing, but I think even if you do that, you know, and you you execute even if you play a perfect football game against a team like Ohio state, there's, you're, there's no guarantee that you still win that game. So, and mm-hmm. that just speaks to how good that, that bucket team is. You can play a perfect football game uh, and still get beat because the, they do so many things so well. And they've got guys all over the field that can, that, that can do it. I mean, you, you I, there's, if there's one team I don't like more than any, it's Ohio State, but you got to tip, their, tip your, your cap to them in a way and say, you know, they just got beat and, and they're really good and that's, that's really all you can take from it. And if you get another shot, you, you've got maybe a little bit of a blueprint to beat them, but I think there's still, there's still a chance that Ohio State would get you even if you played that perfect ball game. Um, but that's that's all I've got down uh, for that Ohio State game. Obviously, it, it was a struggle, and you, you kind of just got to put it behind you. I think you, you you've got this bye week to reset for Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, we're, we're gonna since we don't have a game coming up this week, uh, Matt and I are gonna dive into some college football landscape talk. Obviously, go over uh, all the excitement from what was a pretty big weekend this past week, and uh, you know see how the, the the rest of the season sets up. Uh, but before we do that, before we dive into that, we're going to kick it to a quick ad. Okay, let's talk some college football landscape. Let's let's get into you know the rest of the country because obviously it's been a you know it was a big weekend last weekend. I think we saw you know, obviously Oklahoma went down, Ohio State you know, you know showed you know, flexed their muscles, LSU had a big win, uh, but we'll start with kind of the Big Ten and, and specifically how our our perceptions have kind of changed from the beginning of the season to the midpoint uh, to now here, uh, Matt, how has your big 10, you know, views changed? And if you were, say, say you had a hundred bucks and you had to bet on a matchup of who's going to beat an in Indy, what two teams are you taking at this point?
1: I, I think it's kind of a toss up. I think that game against Minnesota is going to be, uh, what it comes down to. Cause I still like, uh, still like the Badgers to be able to, to beat Iowa coming up here. Um, as well as Uh, beat Purdue in Nebraska coming up as well. But um, I think that game against Minnesota on the road, uh, you know, against the fighting PJ flex is going to be a game that's going to be nauseating, but at the same time, it's going to be one that the Badgers need to win and they can win it. Um, I think Minnesota will lose to Iowa and Penn state. Both teams will kind of go in there with two losses and, I'm going to stick with Wisconsin. Uh, I just can't fathom projecting Minnesota there. Uh, It'll hurt my heart a little bit too much there, so I'll still go with Wisconsin. And I think it'll be Ohio State. They're just kind of cruising. I I could definitely see them tripping up against Michigan, actually, the way that Michigan started to kind of figure things out a little bit. And the fact that it's in Michigan, uh, that's going to be a big game. Um, But I don't see uh, Ohio State losing to Penn State.
0: Yeah, I would. I think I'd agree with you. You know, you look at the Big Ten West and you see obviously a path for Wisconsin. You know, given Minnesota's uh, you know lack of of schedule so far, and and obviously you can read into that however you want to, but they've got some tough games on their schedule coming up. And obviously you have your opportunity to get one game back, and then you hope that Penn State or Iowa knocks them off uh, to get you that second one, and and then you of course take care of your business and, and you're there. But that that starts with of course the Iowa game. And, and wisconsin taking care of business and, and i think they'll win that game I, I haven't really been a big believer in iowa uh you know their offense has really been poor and i i, I think wisconsin with a bye week you know they they have the recipe to beat iowa and beat kirk ferens if there's any team that's predictable the way that uh, wisconsin can be at times it's iowa so i think they've got a recipe to win that one and then yeah you're probably right it comes down to going on the road uh, to minneapolis but at the, you know, obviously that's a big test, but at the same time, the, those Wisconsin guys, if they had that opportunity uh, to go into there and win the West Division against their rival and get the axe back, you better believe that that they would be ready to go to, to play that game. So, if if I'm a betting man, which I am, you know, fully, I would still put my money on the Badgers. I, I've got confidence that they can make a run here. And, and Paul Chris talked about that in his post game press conference that he believes this team will bounce back. And then on the other side. I'm not betting against Ohio State. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not stepping in front of that freight, that freight train. I, I don't see them getting knocked off. If they were to lose one, I think it would be like you said to Michigan versus Penn State. Uh, I think the or the uh, you know the Wolverines showed some things these last couple weeks with hanging with Penn State and then just dismantling Notre Dame. I, I think they could they could you know really. Make make Ohio State question themselves a little bit, but I, I think it'd still be the Buckeyes at the end. So we're sticking with our you know preseason uh, predictions because I believe both of us had Ohio State and uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, right? Yes, sir. All right, so uh, we're we're sticking to it we're not jumping off ship yet. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, what what teams if, if you're looking for Wisconsin to get back to that Big Ten championship? what team should the badgers you know kind of be rooting for down the stretch here
1: uh, i think uh penn state and michigan are kind of the teams especially with uh penn state still having to take on uh minnesota it'd be nice if penn state could take care of that of that game obviously i would say iowa but but wisconsin plays iowa so i'm going to keep saying that we just want iowa to lose it's just easier that way um and the other team is actually illinois i think that would just, at least for my soul, it would make me feel a little bit better if Illinois was uh, a relevant bowl team this year. They, they've been on the, the quest for bowl eligibility all year long, and they, they have Rutgers next, next week, and then they get Michigan State, Iowa, and Northwestern. So it's definitely in the realm of possibility for them to win uh, six or seven games, which would uh, at least make that loss uh, sting just a smidge less uh, after not being able to take care of business against the Illini.
0: Yeah, I think you're you hit the nail on the head with all three of those teams. I think if you're if you're rooting for one team, it's got to be Penn State because you know, at least from the, them having Minnesota on their schedule is is huge for obviously the Badger's long-term plans if they want to get back to Indianapolis, but at the same time, if if you get to Indianapolis and you've got to play Penn State or Ohio State, you definitely would love for Penn State to pull off that upset and you play them, at least from what I've seen from both teams. So far this season, Penn State has looked good at times, but they haven't looked Ohio State good. So if yeah, they've they've looked beatable. There, you know, yeah. like they
1: they squeaked out games against Pitt and uh, who else did they barely beat? Uh, was it Michigan? They barely beat. But yeah, then there was another yeah. team that they early on in the season that they just squeaked by two. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I can't, you know,
0: you're saying that. I'm not sure either. Um, I, I know that the, obviously, yeah, they hung tough with uh, Michigan and, and they got tested a little bit towards the end. But there was another game that they uh, kind of struggled to, to hang on to, and I, I think it was that.
1: Uh, well, it was Iowa, Iowa no. game, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah,
0: that's yeah. who it was. Yep, Iowa gave them a little bit of a test, and you know, like you said, obviously Michigan gave them a little bit of a test, and and then Pitt. So teams that really, obviously, Iowa and Michigan are a lot better, but teams like Pitt who who are sneaky good and you know even if you look think back to their their early in the season i know we're diving way back but that first half against buffalo they didn't look really that good either so they definitely look like a more beatable you know eastern uh team and uh, obviously ohio state hasn't looked uh you know like they have any flaw so i think penn state your, your biggest uh f- fan hood as much as it pains because i can't stand that school but uh i, I think they've got to be your one And then Michigan, obviously, if you beat them, you want them to keep winning. And then, of course, Illinois, win as many games as you can, Lovey, to make that loss look better and feel better. I I totally agree. Pro projections are starting to come out and and get there. Is there any matchup or, or, you know, game that you see the Badgers get into at this point?
1: I think it kind of comes down to like three different games that they could be messing around with. It's uh, the Citrus Bowl, the Outback Bowl, or the Tax Slayer Bowl are kind of where I see the like the range for them. I could see them taking on like Auburn, Florida, something, a team like that uh, who has who's had really high highs, but also has lost a few games when uh, when they took on some bigger competition, similar to how the Badgers have uh, uh, that Illinois game notwithstanding. But uh, I think that's kind of what it would look like. I know Michigan has played Ohio- uh, Florida a lot these past few years, and that's kind of gone back and forth. So I think it, that would be a good matchup for the Badgers taking on Auburn or Florida.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Right now I had uh, – because I think the Citrus Bowl is, used to be the Capital One Bowl, right? I think Capital yes. One switched yep. the sponsorship to something else.
1: Yeah, now it's uh, so, VRBO instead of the. It used to be the Capital One Citrus Bowl.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, that's kind of where you, you know, Badger fans start to make a joke out of it. Honestly, my brother texted me after the Ohio State game, and he goes, "Oh, Capital One Bowl, here we come!" And I was like, "Well, you can't get the Capital One Bowl now because the Citrus Bowl <laughs> is the new name. So let's get it right." But I, I could definitely see that as a possibility, and I, I was thinking Auburn too. I mean, I can't imagine that football game, Auburn and Wisconsin. It might end up being a six to three football game when it's all said and done, um, just because Bo Nix has been, you know, obviously he played well in that first game, but man, that that guy started to struggle, and Auburn's offense has has really struggled because of it. So that's where I had the Badgers too, but I would love to see a matchup against Florida. I, I think that would be a good one, and who knows where like a team like Georgia would shake out if if obviously Florida beat them this week. Uh, they could fall into that realm too. But I would love to see someone other than Auburn because I feel like we've had Auburn a, a lot these last couple of years. We had them in the Outback Bowl a few years ago. And then um, it was a long time ago they had Auburn before that. But they always seem to come to memory in, in those bowl games. So to get someone different would be would be ideal. A Florida or a Georgia maybe would be interesting. Uh, but going off of that, you know, we've got a lot of these teams that have been um, dominating They've had some dominating players, but the, obviously the one that took the spotlight last weekend was Chase Young uh, against the Badgers, and a lot of people started to throw him in the Heisman discussion. Uh, Matt, do you have him in your Heisman discussion, or are you going with someone else, or should he at least be in the conversation?
1: I think he should definitely be somebody who's thought of as a potential but I mean, it's going to be so hard for a player on the defensive side of the ball to kind of win that award. It's generally a quarterback award now. Uh, But I I mean, he's, he's a very talented player who's made some tremendous plays and he's by far their best player on their team, if not the best player in uh, college football abroad. So I think he should be in consideration. I still don't think he'll end up in New York. I actually think Joe Burrow is probably the front runner now right now simply by the because of the way he's been playing they've got a huge test coming up with alabama obviously if he is able to kind of lift them over alabama that kind of gives him his heisman moment i mean he's he's got silly stats right now in terms of 30 touchdowns four interceptions and you know well over 2500 yards so he's 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 the guy i think right now he's playing on the number number one team uh, in the ap poll so i would say that he's probably the front runner
0: yeah, I would totally agree. And, you know, obviously, I, I like Chase Young. I think he's really talented. I think he's, you know, showed a, he had an impressive performance and had an impressive season. But uh, with all due respect, Chase Young, it's you're not going to win the Heisman. <laughs> it's just nope. not going to happen. Defensive players don't, unless unless the criteria and the voters for this, you know, drastically change their ways and maybe they try and make a statement with a Chase Young. But I, I don't see the, any chance that he wins that game because it's, you know, I, I, if it's hard enough for a running back or a wide receiver to win this award, uh, with some stats that we've seen over the past few years, it, it's going to be really hard for a defensive player to make it. And, and maybe he gets an invite, and you know, he's probably earned that right if he keeps playing the way he has. But if we're being honest here, it's not going to be Chase Young. And like you said, right now, you know, if I had a ballot and I had a vote, it's going to Joe Burrow. I mean, my Twitter name is is Joe Burrow Stan account. I love <laughs> watching him play. I'm I'm really pulling for LSU down the stretch here. So uh, I'd have to go with him. And and right now, I mean, maybe, maybe a guy like Justin Fields starts to get his name in the conversation, but it's Burrows to lose right now, especially with two. Uh, missing a game last week and maybe he comes I mean, when he comes back against LSU has his Heisman moment opportunity as well but but right now it's Joe Burrows to lose at least at this point in the season um, but uh, going off of Joe Burrow, obviously he had a great performance against Auburn this past week and he's had three big wins as you know which has propelled the Tigers to the number one ranking but what showing did you find kind of most impressive from this past weekend of college football
1: I thought that upset of that Kansas State put on of taking down Oklahoma was huge. You know, I thought it came down to that onside kick that you know people are still kind of up in a tizzy about. But did you see that side spin that the kicker put on it? Like yeah, that was, that a was wild insane. kick.
0: <laughs> that was really impressive. I mean, I was I was watching it and yelling, and I was just amazed at how far it went. I mean, that was that was truly. Truly impressive, and it would have been obviously nice if Oklahoma got it and made a game, but I was impressed by that Kansas State game, too.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I thought Michigan, you know, they were. Michigan wasn't able to run against the Badgers earlier in the season. Really, their offense just looked super stale, but Michigan was able to just kind of trounce uh, Notre Dame, and I think I thought I saw. Um, Uh, Shea Patterson only threw the ball 12 times and only had to complete six of them for them to still win. They ran for like over 300 yards on the ground. So it just kind of tells you maybe just how uh, overrated Notre Dame was in that coming into that game. But it also gives a, a clearer picture maybe of what Uh, Georgia was as well you know Georgia was a team that was really up there they're still highly ranked but they they barely squeaked by Notre Dame and then you see Michigan just absolutely demolished them so it that was a game that kind of stood out to me because it kind of uh, you know the, the couple degrees of separation there can kind of start clearing up some things there potentially
0: yeah and I mean as 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 long as Michigan keeps winning and and dominating obviously they've been a different team since that second half of Penn State to now I mean they've they've looked completely different but if they keep winning and dominating that only helps obviously Wisconsin even more because they've got that win uh over the Wolverines so you can hopefully keep boosting your resume if uh if they keep doing it and you know keep dominating the way they did against Notre Dame and uh, it's always nice to see Notre Dame bounced out of the discussion with a second loss. I think they're out of it to begin with before this week, but obviously you're 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 almost guaranteed to be out w- with a second loss. So that that certainly benefits uh, the Badgers and and the rest of the teams that were in that playoff conversation to not have to deal with the uh, independent uh, like the like the Irish, but obviously there was a ton of exciting games obviously Ohio state and Wisconsin, you know, followed by that Auburn LSU game. And then the Michigan Notre Dame game set up a pretty big day of, of college football uh, this past weekend. And unfortunately this upcoming weekend, there aren't uh, that many great matchups, but down the stretch, we've, we've got some good ones. So uh, Matt, what game are you most looking forward to as, as the season creeps on here?
1: Well, as a, as a Badger fan and a, ticket holder. I'm going to say the Iowa game just simply because it's going to be great to be back for that. I uh, hope it's not too cold, but I'm excited that it's a three o'clock kick. And I know the Badgers have a couple big official visitors for that weekend. Um, but then going later on in the season, you've got uh, the big matchup one, two that rarely happens, but having uh, the two teams uh, at the top of the polls with Alabama and LSU meeting up is just going to be a colossal fist fight, uh, And then The big game between Michigan and Ohio State, it's at Michigan this year, which I think will be exciting to watch. Um, But then you also have some games like Oklahoma at Baylor. That's going to be fun because Baylor is still undefeated at this point. I don't see them losing until they play against Oklahoma. So that's a game where if Baylor was able to sneak by Oklahoma, boy, oh, boy, they're going to be you know, a team that's really going to be up there ranked, uh, and will have a, a case for being one of the top teams in the country and potentially slipping their way into their play into the playoff if they can do it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that Ohio state Michigan game, which I think is, that's what I have written down. Obviously LSU, Bama game of the century, one, two, that's always going to be the top, you know, interest in my mind, but, if there was a if there was a year, I mean we've heard so much about Michigan not being able to beat Ohio State and and not get over that hump, and now this year Ohio State is so dominating. If there was a year to really flip that narrative and change this, it would be Ohio State going on the road and losing to Michigan that final week. That would really just send uh, the college football world uh, you know down a tirade as they try to figure out those four teams for the playoff. That would be. That would probably be my favorite storyline if, if they could pull that off. But of course, there's, there's huge games uh, as we get into November, and uh, it'll be certainly fun to see as this uh, whole thing shakes out. And unfortunately, the Badgers are not in that playoff discussion anymore. But uh, there's certainly big games and, and possibilities to get to maybe a maybe a New Year's Six bowl. I think is still in the pot, you know, in the conversation if they can they can do some things and win out and, and see what happens in a Big Ten championship game. Do you but think
1: that, there's? Do you think there's any chance the Badgers could get to the Rose Bowl?
0: Um, I think so. If I mean, you look at the path. Obviously, they'd have to win the West, and then hang with. You'd have to hang with that. You know, whoever makes it, I would assume Ohio State. Um, and then yeah, obviously, then you then you have that argument of would you take a Penn State or uh, or Wisconsin, and and then then that's that's kind of a toss-up. I, I'm not sure. Uh, who they would want in in a situation like that, I think it would depend on on how the that big ten title game goes where if maybe Wisconsin hangs with them, they'd take them, but if they get blown out, I think maybe they 'd go with the Penn state. What do you think
1: yeah i think I think Penn State would need to lose two games from here out, and I think that would have to be like Indiana, for example. I know they play them later on in the year, so they'd have to lose to Indiana and Ohio State to have a, for the Badgers to have a shot there. So I, I don't see a, a path towards the Rose Bowl, but that's the only place that I could potentially see it. And Wisconsin would obviously need to take care of all their games, but Ohio State would have to cruise through against Penn State, maybe even beat them in a bigger way than they did Wisconsin, to be yeah. perfectly honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's definitely an outside chance to get to one of those games, but uh, there's a very small you know, path, you know path. Maybe you could tiptoe there, but I don't see it at this point. And you know, unfortunately, that loss. If you didn't have that loss to Illinois, obviously, I think you could get there. But I think that loss to Illinois, you know, help, you know really hurts them. And if you want to get to that point, you need Penn State to. to Really, you know, fall on their face, and then you need Michigan maybe to to not you know keep winning because obviously they have that national brand where you'd want a, a Michigan in that game too. That's all I've got uh, for our college football conversation. Uh, obviously, like we said, guys, we're we're gonna have an episode out on Thursday where we're gonna talk basketball. Uh, obviously, college basketball is right around the corner, uh, so make sure you guys rate, review, and subscribe, and be on the lookout for that on Thursday. Um, but if you, for some reason, are not interested in college basketball, we'll be back, of course, next week uh, to preview um, the Iowa game and get into some other stuff. Uh, maybe we'll be able to talk some college basketball, and you know, now that this new schedule is going to be coming out, we'll, we'll have to figure out a way to uh, recap the basketball games and uh, also get that football conversation in. So more and more stuff as the Badgers uh, season keeps rolling into November. So thanks, you guys, for listening. Great review, subscribe. On Wisconsin. (音楽) Thank you.